Hey everybody, so glad to be with you today. My name is Jessica Robinson. I'm co-founder and partner of Assembly Ventures. And with me, I have Will O'Donnell, managing partner for Prolazis Ventures. Good to see you, Will. Good to see you too. How are you today? Absolutely good. Always nice to have a chance to catch up. Uh, we are here today to talk about two things which are near and dear to both of us. It's mm -hmm. this intersection of venturing and freight. Uh, so let's just jump right into it. The first question I want to kind of riff on a little bit with you is what makes freight tech unique? Um, so I'm curious, you know, to hear about how you approach this from Prologis and, you know, what kind of makes you unique as an investor in this space? Yeah. So a quick overview on Prologis. We're the largest global owner of logistics real estate. We own about almost a billion square feet of facilities in 19 different countries. Um, I think as a whole, what's interesting about freight tech is a couple fold. One, it's really the underpinnings of our economy. And if you think about what we've gone through the last, I don't know, seven months, that without supply chain logistics, we wouldn't have been able to work from home. Our kids wouldn't be able to, to go do school from home. And it really is crucial and central to our economy, but you really don't recognize it until it's brought forward. And, and, and be, people realize how integral it is into how we do business. I think the other aspect is it's a very asset heavy business because you're not moving digits, you're moving atoms. So you have to have warehouses, you have to have trucks, you have to have ships because you're moving physical items. But then how does technology re really enable and make it better? So it's a really unique problem of how do we physically move goods but use technology to facilitate and, and, and augment the decisions we make, but then also accelerate how goods can be moved faster. Um, yeah, I think. Yeah, go ahead. The movement aspect of this question, I think, is, is really important to us, too. So assembly, yeah. we're focused on the future of mobility, both the kind of physical and digital movement of people, goods, data and energy. And, you know, as I was thinking about this discussion, one of the things I really was reminded of is how much of in freight tech the 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 share of wallet or cost really is transportation, right? So even though you're in the real estate space, you have to be thinking about transportation, both for yourselves, but also your customers that you're serving. Yeah, it is. So um, what in the U.S. about 800 billion has been on trucking alone. Uh, the way we look at it for every dollar in rent our customers spend, they spend 10 on transportation. So it is a massive cost expenditure and it's a highly complex problem. So a lot of what we focus on is how do we as an owner of a lot of the physical infrastructure and the hubs facilitate and help our customers and frankly, the entire system pull costs out to create more efficiencies. Yeah. And I would say, you know, we're focused on mobility and there's a bigger TAM there maybe. So uh, <laughs> <laughs> think about uh, where you fit in that space. But no, yeah. I actually want to I want to drill a little bit more into Prologis because you yeah. are an interesting investor in the sense that you're not just sector specific, focusing on freight and logistics, but you're a corporate venture yep. capital of, uh, fund as well. So, I mean, what does that mean to you in terms of how you invest and look at opportunities? But what does that also mean um, for a startup that might be looking at talking to either Prologis or Assembly? What do they need to know that makes you different or unique? I think we've talked about this in the past that one of the key components is our industry is complicated 
and that it requires an understanding of the nuances and and there are ways that business works for good reasons and there's also ways that it can be disrupted and improved but unless you really have a deep understanding of the economics the business process etc it's really hard to invest into the space effectively um, and that's where i think sector specific funds that have a focus and truly can understand the pain point have unique perspective because there's been plenty of instances where really great technology comes and runs around and tries to find a solution or, or a pain point. I think starting with an understanding of where the industry has deficits and being able to look at it differently and be open to change is a pretty unique perspective that effective and you guys do it at assembly and that's what we try to do at Pelagis on how do we change the industry but understand the constraints that are there and which ones can be removed and which ones the laws of physics states that it takes a certain amount of time for a truck to drive from A to B. Yeah. Yeah. And it's funny that that law of physics piece, um, I know you guys think, you know, very much about locale when mm -hmm. citing your warehouses. Uh, I had someone a number of years ago who worked in actually housing, uh, urban development oh, yeah. in oh, yeah. Washington, D.C. You know, I was excited talking to her about mobility and she kind of said, well, you know, anything in transportation is basically just an inefficiency in the system. And I was like, but this is the industry that I know and love. <laughs> Um, but I, I think that really speaks to the importance of locale and geography yeah. in this story is we're all going through this digital transformation, yet at the end of the day, there's still this physical presence that, that has to be reconciled with. And so I hear you kind of talking about that's a benefit as you're doing this as a, a real estate investor is you know that opportunity, but also the pain that comes with once you've made that physical investment, yeah. how do you get the most out of it? Yeah, and I think one of the biggest changes we've all seen is the um, evolution of consumer expectations. So five, 10 years ago, it was fine if things got delivered three to five days. Now, we all believe it's our God-given right to get things next day, if not same day. If you think of the implications of being able to move product so I can order it and two hours later it's delivered, it's a massively complex problem that gets into mobility, it gets into location, it gets into data science because they have had to predict that I will purchase that item that I'm going to need it. Um, so it's, it's an amazing evolution in the industry. And that's where I think to answer your initial question of why I'm excited about freight tech, it's because of opportunities like that, that our industry has gone through some, some pretty massive changes just in the expectations. And it's a time that's it's really interesting to figure out how, how do we solve these problems and how can technology enable that to happen. Mm -hmm. And so the, the startups, I'm curious, as you yeah. see any host of startups striving to solve some of these problems, what, when is the right time to engage someone like Prologis or a sector specific fund in their own journey? I mean, is seed too early? I mean, do you have to know a little bit more about what you're trying to solve before it makes sense for a sector fund to, to get on board? Uh, no, I think it's up to the individual fund uh, because there are sector specific funds that do do seed and are really, really good at it because they can go in and understand here's the pain point in the industry and actually help the company evolve and figure out how to get product market fit, how to make pricing right, how to actually solve the solutions. I think on a corporate side, at least for us, we found that we work a little bit better as a company has product market fit 
and is looking to grow. Uh, and that's, I think, more, somewhat of a nuance of ours that our value is really that we have a global platform and that we have access to 6,000 customers that we can bring, help bring solutions and accelerate growth uh, versus some people are really, really good at, let's go figure out the idea and how to apply technology and, and digging into the details there. So I think we've seen across the board people who kind of gravitate towards different areas. Um, I think the key underlying throughput on why things work or why people are better others is those that really understand the industry and have taken the time to learn it and are truly solving pain points with technology versus, hey, I have a new technology. Let's just throw a blockchain at everything and magically the world's going to fix. Yes, yes, I'm sure you've seen a, a number of those. Yeah, it's it's interesting. So at Assembly, we have a, a footprint yeah. that's transatlantic. So we're here in Detroit and Michigan, but we're also in Germany. And it's interesting um, when the stage question comes up because um, there's, there's not always stage parity in different geographic regions either. I think in some yeah. cases in the U.S., um, our early rounds, the companies are actually ma maturing at a different pace. Um, but for us, you know, we primarily see as a, a sector fund not attached to anyone yeah. um, parent uh, that our best opportunity is in those A and B rounds where, yeah. you know, through our network in automotive or, you know, freight tech and supply chain more broadly, um, we can really also get in and roll up our sleeves and use that network to our advantage. And I think it's it's so important in this industry in particular, because um, even if you're digitizing or disrupting uh, mm -hmm. one of the, the ways business is done today, that still may be your first channel customers or your partners. Uh, and so you have to kind of do this balance of how close do you want to be both from a funding perspective or even going to market with them early on. Hey, um, Jessica, how, how have you seen, I think one of the advantages you guys do have, as you mentioned, the transatlantic presence. So you have Berlin and then Detroit. How have you seen kind of the similarities between what's the kind of two, two continents, but also are there areas that one continent is leading the other or more innovations occurring? Yeah, um, I think there's definitely similarity across in terms of, again, uh, you know, increasing use of AI, um, you know, in this specific industry, I think there's a ton of opportunities still in predictive. Um, intermodality, I think increasingly becomes really important. Um, in, in, interestingly, in Europe, um, our partner there has a deep background working with the rail industry. And it's um, something that uh, I think in some ways that market is, is more sophisticated, more mature, uh, certainly on the passenger side than we are here in the U.S. Freight, you know, I think there's a little bit more similarity. Um, but we're also seeing maybe from a policy perspective yeah. that pushing innovation in different ways, whether it's the fuel itself mm -hmm. or, you know, in the aftermath of COVID, one of the things we saw in France, for instance, is that while Air France was bailed out, they were also forced to eliminate some of their short uh, leg consumer flights because it competed with rail. And so it was, it was pushing some of that demand uh, from a ride back to, to an infrastructure that was already built out. And I think those types of policies flow through in, in other ways as well, including in freight. Um, I think there's like still- sustainability front? 
Yeah, certainly on sustainability. A um, lot of focus on electrified platforms, yeah. certainly including in the warehouse. I think we're all kind of watching what happens with hydrogen to see if anyone can really um, crack that code. Um, you know, we mentioned blockchain. In some ways, I think that um, Europe is a little bit more sophisticated in, in blockchain mm -hmm. when it comes to um, some of the technology there. So that'd be another area we're looking at. But for us, what's exciting is the chance to um, take a look at both markets and scale across. And you have that global lens too. Yeah, interesting. Yeah. Um, I guess one, one of the questions I had for you too is just uh, back to you. I mean, what, what's interesting you about freight, freight tech and where are you seeing opportunities at assembly? Yeah, um, I mean, one of the kind of areas of natural overlap for us is um, I'd say movement within the yard. Um, there's lots of companies trying to tackle this right now with different levels of automation, again, different um, fuel fuel base um, yeah. behind it. Um, and then I think increasingly, um, when I think about freight tech, um, the thing that drives this industry most to me is two. One is efficiency. Uh, the other is customer experience and satisfaction. And um, I think those will continue to be really important drivers. I mean, minutes and seconds are everything. Um, yeah. And whether it's movement in the yard or you know in the DC or actually getting it to your customer, um, this is an area where, where efficiency and time really matters. Um, but I'm, I'm actually curious to flip that back to you. What are some of the areas that, that you see as being really exciting right now? Good question. I think couple things that we've really focused on is one is the technology that we can use as a company. So how does it improve our core business processes as a real estate owner? Secondly is, is this a solution that we can use our scale to bring to our customers and help them transform and, and grow their businesses, new value that we could create? Third would be, is this infrastructure that's going to really be a baseline, uh, whether it's EV charging infrastructure to open up new technologies? And the fourth is this just generally disruptive that's going to change the underlying business model of supply chain and logistics. Um, so I think it's a really good question uh, for you, and maybe this is what we end on would be, how how do startups getting into the space look at it? I mean, how, what should they look for in partners? How do they view the space? And how, how do they really ensure that they're getting product market fit? Yeah, um, I think it comes back to team. And what I love to see more than anything is, is something you said earlier. They know the space, they understand the space, and they understand the pain. That doesn't mean everyone on the team has to come yeah. from this industry. Um, but I want to, I want to see that you're solving something that you know. And, you know, go, don't be afraid to go deep on something, um, and solve one specific pain point. I want to know how you scale. But, you know, focus on one pain point first that you know really well. Yeah, and I think that for us is one of the key things. I mean, as I mentioned earlier, these companies, a lot of them like us, are exceptionally massive with huge uh, asset bases. So figuring out a ways that you can solve a key pain point within allowing the scale is, is crucial for us. Uh, but I like what you said, too, about digging deep. It's really how do you get inside the mind of, the user and understand how do you make their life better? How do you make it more convenient? How do you make them more successful? Um, and with that, you're able to, to create some pretty unique solutions. Yep, and that value is really sticky over yep. time. Yep, and it's it's a uh, it's a 
evolution of a ramp up, it's not going to be straight up to the left, but because the TAMs are so massive that you can really transform a big industry and, and there's a lot of dollars that can, can, can be better utilized through better technology. That's fantastic. Well, Will, it's always good to talk yes. to you. Thanks again for joining me for this discussion today. Yeah, it was great. Great to see you again. And thank you guys for hosting us today.